0: ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. Okay, I don't, I don't know why I'm being weird. It's because you're sitting in your bathroom. Yeah, I feel like it was the <laughs> panic of trying to find a place to record because of the stupid buzzing sound outside my window. My roommate keeps describing it as um, the world's tiniest plane taking off, but it's more like, hi- it's it's high-pitched and it's annoying and i literally did not notice it until i was going through the sound from the last episode and i was like what is that buzzing sound it's like oh no it's me but yeah so now i'm in the bathroom with a lamp and with blankets draped everywhere to control the echo because i am a committed girly beautiful and i'm a problem solver all right so hello hello i'm mal um lifelong percy jackson fan
1: and I'm Julie Percy Jackson virgin but we're on like second base. I feel like I feel like we're on second base. We're halfway
0: through the first book. That's true. Um sure, I'll give you I'll give you a single for getting this far. Um you're like rounding first. Yeah.
1: About to be thrown out by the beautiful Aaron Judge. Sorry, I had to bring my boy into it. For sure.
0: Um Okay, so this is Demigod Debut, a podcast where we are talking about Julie's first read through of *The Lightning Thief*. Um, this week, well, today at work, probably you read chapters ten through twelve. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. So, any anything else to share before we get into chapter ten?
1: Chapter 10 was so long. I was like reading it in the morning before I actually had to start work and I was like, "Oh my god, how many pages?" I'm used to it
0: being like 10 pages a chapter and I was like, "Jesus, come on." <laughs> was it? Because I think I I wrote down the least amount of stuff for chapter 10, but also like there's just so much information dumping <laughs> that they are doing on you at the beginning of this book that I I never even realized until I was going back to it I'm like oh my god (laughs) when are we gonna get to the good stuff um but yeah they really really dump the info on you
1: it felt like a lot of mythology in this chapter
0: yeah that probably probably feels right um yeah all right so chapter 10 I ruin a perfectly good bus so it starts with uh Percy packing for his quest and so he brings just a change of clothes a toothbrush, and a $100 in mortal money. And like, okay, this was 2005, and inflation is rampant and all that. But even in 2005, 100 bucks would not get them that far. Like, I googled it. I put it in the little inflation calculator, which I don't know how accurate it was. But it said that $100 then would have the same purchasing power as $157 today.
1: This is Joe Brandon's America.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um
1: I swear to god i'm further left i'm not a conservative <laughs> i promise
0: well i mean is anyone a fan of biden like even like not very left democrats oh there are some people it's
1: like it's like white women in their 40s like
0: they love him i hate that i hate that so much <sighs> anyway um this is a new record for how quick that we've gotten political so proud of us yeah
1: i love it um...
0: Poisoning it. No, it's good. That's that's the unique perspective that you bring to this. Um, So $157 in today's money. Mm-hmm. And I know you probably take more trains than I do coming, you know, from Pennsylvania to New York occasionally. But the times that I've gone places, like, on an Amtrak train or, like, a bus in New York, like, I've never spent less than, like, $80 a ticket. And, like, there's three of them. Like, they they could not pay for bus tickets for all of them with this hundred dollars. So, and there, there is really no point to get into this argument, but I'm just kind of like, they did. If you're like, you're trying to save the world, you'd think that you would at least give them a little bit more than a hundred dollars. And I mean, I know immediately (laughs) in this chapter, all their stuff gets blown up and they like lose the money anyway. So it doesn't matter. But I also am just, just, why are we sending three, basically 12-year-olds? I mean, I know Grover is not, but you're just, you're just leaving them to fend for themselves with $100, and that doesn't sit right with me. Well, don't you think that the train tickets would also be cheaper back then? Probably.
1: Probably. Justin, now, no, just in the time between I lived in New York and now... So that's what 3 years ish. Yeah. When I would travel home, it was $65 one way. Now it's like 80 to 90, $100 dollars for a one way trip. And that's just in 3 years. So it could have been much cheaper to buy train tickets. I mean,
0: when you lived here it was also more of the height of the pandemic. I mean, I know it's still a
1: pandemic. Hey, 9/11 maybe the
0: tickets were cheaper around there <laughs> and check she brought up 9-11 that's like checking both our boxes getting political nine yeah. <laughs> we're like a paragraph into the first chapter
1: those are those are my calling cards that's what i bring to the table
0: anyway it's fine anyway um <laughs> so the other thing that they get um they get 20 golden drachmas uh which percy describes as being as big as girl scout cookies And I just want to know, like, what kind of Girl Scout cookies he's comparing these to, because there is a difference between, like, Thin Mints and the big, like, Thanks A Lot shortbread ones that have the chocolate on the back, which I think they discontinued. I don't recall those. Ugh. They were so good. It was just, like, a shortbread cookie, and it said, like, thank you in different languages, and the back was dipped in chocolate. I don't think they had those when I was a Girl Scout. Well, I did find out that there are different cookies like different cookie suppliers depending on where you are in the country so like there are different oh I don't know if it's different varieties of it, it might be both like different varieties of cookies but then also like cookies like thin mints taste different depending on where you are really I feel like I heard that and maybe I'm spreading misinformation on this podcast yeah, maybe you are um, I think I've already spread misinformation because I think I said um, that Hermes's caduceus wasn't the medical symbol, and it is. He's not the god of medicine, but his Caduceus is the medical symbol. And I think I said that it wasn't, and it is.
1: We're correcting um, the record now.
0: Co- correct. I want to go on the record and say that um, sometimes I just say things, and sometimes I sometimes I believe everything that I've heard online, and I shouldn't. Do I'm that.
1: looking at Girl Scout cookies now. Why are there two different lemon cookies, lemon flavored cookies? Who likes lemon flavored cookies? New, there's
0: a new lemon flavored cookie. Because I know they're like lemonades.
1: Yeah, then there's Lemon Ups. Huh. It's a crispy lemon cookie baked with inspiring messages. Oh. Oh, that's probably what they replaced the thanks-a-lots with. Let me... (laughs) yay? Yummy toast-shaped cookies full of French toast flavor and dipped in delicious icing. That sounds good. Thin mints and dos dosidos and samos are my go-to. Microwaving Samoa's in like for like ten seconds. Oh, incredible! Because this chocolate just starts getting melted and the caramel. Oh, so good. When do Girl Scout cookies go on sale? Like when do they start? It's, I now I need some
0: Dosey like the little peanut butter sandwich ones. Yeah. Oh, because I thought you meant tagalongs. I love tagalongs.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, I like tagalongs, but I like the sandwich cookies. Okay. Okay.
0: The thing. The thanks a lot was discontinued in twenty twenty one.
1: Never heard of those. That's so weird.
0: Yeah. Um. Anyway, point point being, they they were like big, and thin mints are like. I'm I'm assuming thin mint size. That's
1: like the classic Girl Scout cookie. Yeah,
0: I I would assume they just didn't say thin mint. I guess I don't know. Yeah. And so Percy says that the coins have a picture of a god on one side and the Empire State Building on the other, and he says that the ancient drachmas were silver, and that is true. Um, When I was in Greece this summer, I got a little, like, necklace pendant that I wear all the time that is, like, an ancient silver um, drachma, which I love, um, because it is a Percy Jackson reference, and I actually have had students kind of clock what it is and be like is that a drachma? You like Percy Jackson and then I get to talk about Percy Jackson with a preteen and that's always a good time. Ooh, I also today I had a student because I've been doing this like sticker thing for the fifth graders and um like they can earn a sticker at the end of class and whatever, but I had one little girl. Um she was like, "Oh, you should get Percy Jackson stickers." And that was all the convincing it took. They're coming tomorrow. Um you can get a pack of 50 for like $4 on Amazon just FYI
1: wait a, wait a second what
0: shirt are you wearing right now it's a Yancey Academy <laughs> shirt <laughs> where do you get this um Hot Topic actually has so many shirts I have several Lightning Thief themed shirts now
1: really this yes. is a recent
0: purchase or yes this is a recent purchase like they started selling them I guess when the show came hmm. out interesting so I yes this is my Yankee Academy shirt I was just like wait a second <laughs> must must bring this up yeah I love a themed shirt. I love a themed outfit. Um, So we, we're we still packing for the quest. Like we... Yeah. <laughs> the other... We're like, oh my gosh, we didn't write anything. It's going to be such a short episode. How long have we... <laughs> How long did we talk about Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other thing, the other thing that they get, um, they get ambrosia and nectar for healing, which is like what Percy was getting um, when he was recovering from the Minotaur fight. And they can't have too much of this, or they will burn up. Um, Annabeth is bringing her hat and her bronze knife, as well as a book on famous classical architecture, because she is a nerd. And Grover has his fake feet and pants, so he looks like a human, and he's got a backpack full of scrap metal and apples to snack on, and some reed pipes on which he can play two songs, Mozart's Piano Concerto Number no. 12 and Hilary Duff's So Yesterday, both of which I would say are equally iconic contributions to music history. True. It's also like, as much as because the author has said like, oh, I did, I didn't want to like date these books. I wanted to make them to where they could take place at any time. But the Hillary Duff just ages this and like plants it firmly in two thousand five. Like her, her singing career did not go far enough. I know. Now I want to go listen to Hillary Duff. Then again, I'm like looking at this and. The further away you get from Hilary Duff's singing career, like, the funnier it is that he knows this on the reed pipes. <laughs> it's true. So, I don't know. Maybe that was the intention. I don't know. Um. So they hike up the hill to the, quote, tree that used to be Thalia, daughter of Zeus, where Chiron is waiting with Argus, the dude from, like, Chapter 5 who had eyes all over his body. Um. And Luke comes running up, and Annabeth blushes quote, the way she always does when Luke is around and Luke gives Percy this pair of basketball shoes and he says kind of the magic word, Maya, and wings pop out of the side. (laughs) Luke says he hopes that Percy will get some use out of these because they served him well when he was on his quest. And Percy said that getting this gift made him blush, quote, almost as much as Annabeth, which actually this is just the start of the bisexual Percy arc. Um, Rick Riordan may not agree, but he is wrong. (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. Um, And so Luke pats Grover on the head And he hugs Annabeth And once Luke leaves Percy says You're hyperventilating And I love her But girl get it together
1: Get a grip sweetie
0: Stop thirsting over the white man (laughs) I mean like not that Percy is not also written as a white man But he's different He's built different Bummer thing though Chiron tells Percy he can't use the shoes Because flying in any capacity Isn't a good idea So Percy gives them to Grover And Percy kind of starts wishing he also had a magic item and Chiron gives him a pen. It's an ordinary looking ballpoint pen that probably costs like 30 cents. And Chiron says it's a gift from his father. And Percy realizes it's the same pen from the Met that had become the sword that he used to kill Mrs. Dodds. And so he uncaps the pen and he's holding the sword. And he says that it's the first sword that um, actually feels balanced in his hand. And he's told that the sword has a long and tragic backstory and is named Anaclusmos, I believe is how you pronounce that. I, Whenever I was a kid, I just kind of said Anna, in my head, as I did with a lot of things. Um, or Riptide, which is easier. And it's made of celestial bronze, so it won't hurt mortals, just demigods and monsters. And Percy, much like me, cannot keep track of pens to save his life, but Chiron says the pen is impossible to lose because it will always return to his pocket. And for me that would actually be the problem. Were we were we still living together when I accidentally washed a pen in my pocket and then had to I had stuff soaking in the bathtub for like three days trying to get the ink out?
1: I can't remember. Like I know the story, but I can't remember if it was because we were living together or you told me afterward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's that's always my thing. Like whatever pen I am using at school like, whether it's an Expo marker, whether it is a flare pen, whether it is just some cheap little ballpoint pen or, like, a mechanical pencil I picked up off the floor, like, it comes home with me in my pocket and it does not return to school. And if I do not intentionally, like, check my pockets at the end of the day, like, pens get washed. And that, that's that been the worst time, but I have, like, ruined many pairs of pants because I've washed a pen and, like, the ink has gotten all on the pocket. So the po- the pocket part... The pocket part would be the part that would get me about this magic item. Like if I had riptide it would be going through the wash like we Yeah, do you think it survived the wash? I mean I feel like it probably would because it's a magic pen.
1: But if you put some oxyclean in there or something and just destroys it. It can't handle mortal bleach. <laughs> That's that shit's tough. Put I some mean... shout in your laundry, you know
0: the science teacher in me like wants to do a science experiment so bad like would mortal bleach destroy riptide in the washing machine
1: inquiring minds need to know
0: um okay so more more info dumping uh chiron explains the mist is what like keeps mortals from seeing what's really going on and then also that they can't use cell phones because it's like a beacon for monsters And then Percy also chooses now to ask about times before the gods, and Chiron tells him about the Golden Age when Cronos ruled and men were kind of nothing until Prometheus brought fire to mankind, which eventually led to Western civilization, so...
1: Excuse me, excuse me. I just, I have to interject, of course, the Prometheus-Oppenheimer reference, where it's the first title screen when it comes up that Prometheus stole fire from the gods, gave it to man, for this he was punished... Who's chained to a rock and punished for eternity. The beautiful scene that you get the opening of Oppenheimer, the greatest film ever created.
0: So see, you do know things about Greek mythology from the movie (laughs) Oppenheimer. Only about
1: Prometheus from the Oppenheimer movies. Like, you are an American Prometheus, the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. Oh, I will be rewatching that movie now, I think. Tonight.
0: I'll just put it on in the background. Um, Also, Prometheus, I think, is the statue that's like above the ice rink in Rockefeller Center.
1: I think that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, So, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, But thanks to Prometheus, we have Western civilization. um, Because, like you said, he gave us the power to destroy ourselves, and you know, we have not. (laughs) We have not. (sighs) <sighs> done well um so in in asking this percy's really just looking for reassurance that if he fails like everything won't be ruined like he's like if the gods die like there would be something else right chiron says all we can do is follow our destiny which is unhelpful and so they go to leave and once again percy calls it the tree that used to be thalia daughter of zeus which like gives me a little giggle every time because you would just tell he's very fixated on like this tree used to be a person. Like this was a person, mm-hmm. and it's just it's funny. So they drive towards the city. Ten miles in, Percy's like, "Hey, so far no, so far so good, no monsters." And Annabeth's like, "It's bad luck to talk that way." And they just start bickering. And Annabeth tells him that their parents are rivals because of a time that Poseidon brought his girlfriend into one of Athena's temples to hook up. More on this later. And then they competed to be the namesake of Athens which is obviously not called Poseidon's um, because he made a salt saltwater spring and she made an olive tree. And they did tell us this story when we went to the Acropolis in Athens and I was being very annoying the entire time I was there. And I just want to give a shout out to my friends that tolerated me because I was insufferable. Um, because there's like, there's like an olive tree up there and there's like a whole plaque about... Um, what happened in the myth, and I was like, this is just like Percy Jackson, and um, no one thought. I'm kind of glad I didn't go on that Grease trip then, I gotta (laughs) gotta say. Yeah, no one thought I was funny. Um, Yeah, okay, so they make it to the Greyhound station, and Percy finds a missing person slash wanted poster for himself, and he rips it down before Annabeth and Grover can see it. Um, Percy thinks about how close he is to his mom's apartment, and he thinks about, like, Gabe being there. And because he can read emotions, Grover asks if Percy wants to know why his mom married Gabe. And he says that the smell of Gabe has been hiding Percy from monsters for years because he smells so repulsively human. And Percy thinks about how he's grateful that Annabeth and Grover are there, but he feels kind of guilty um, because he's not on this quest for the bolt at all, but to save his mom. And no one is surprised. No, no one is surprised by that. Like, um, they wait for the bus. They play hacky sack with an apple. And Percy says that Annabeth is incredible. And this is, like, one, the first, like, positive thing I feel like he said about her. Um, But it also made me think of, like, (laughs) middle school courting rituals. And the way that, like, if you were really good at sports, like, Mm -hmm. you would get a boyfriend. And so I was just like thinking about like oh, she's so good at hacky sack. Like I really just want to awkwardly walk her to class every day and then like very much not dance with her at the school dance cuz like she's so cool and she's so good at hacky sack. I don't know. Love your middle school boy voice. Yeah, that's it's my middle school boy voice. Um and actually I was just describing um my own middle school not boyfriend and he was my not boyfriend because I wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. Um but he did walk me to class every day, and we did go to the dance together, and not dance at all. I just danced with my friends, Mm -hmm. and we, like, very much never touched each other, and... Is he gay?
1: Is he gay now? He's not. He's actually
0: married to a woman. Um,
1: Me, however,
0: I look back on this, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Um, But, you know, very respectful of him to, like, not... I guess, force himself on a 14-year-old girl who was, like, very much not into it. Little bar, but yes, it's a teenage boy. The bar is a tavern in hell. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, so after their little hacky sack game, they hit it too close to Grover. Grover eats it, and all I can think about is how bruised that apple must be. I hate eating bruised apples. Like, now as an adult, when I buy my own fruit... I will, like, feel up the apple to see, like, get the least bruised one, and then because apples cost money, if there are bruises, I will still eat it, but, like, as a kid, I would, like, cut off the bruised part. I cannot stand a bruised apple, and I know he also eats metal, but, like, the bruised apple is really just a sticking point for me.
1: I don't really, I don't know, I guess it doesn't bother me as much. I really like a bruised um, pear. I actually prefer them to be very mushy.
0: Yes, yes, because pears are too hard. Mm-hmm i don't know like there are certain texture things like i also cannot stand french toast <gasps> i know i know how would i not know this about you yeah i don't like french toast um something about the texture of like the eggs with the bread i can't do it oh stuffed french toast
1: though with like can't do it cream trees frosting in it oh so good i'm just making myself hungry
0: Um, Okay, so after Grover eats his nasty-ass apple, um, he starts acting weird, like he smells something, and he says, maybe it's nothing. But um, Percy also kind of starts looking over his shoulder, and turns out it's lesbian icon Mrs. Dodds again. Um, So she gets on the bus, this time with the other two Furies, and they, for some reason, announce, all three of them, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, like that's a normal thing to do. Um, But also me my like anxious self sometimes when I like am doing something that's like like I'm trying to come up with a cover for like something that I'm doing that's not what I'm actually doing like I feel the need to like over explain myself so I'm like I get what they're doing but also
1: now that you said that I'm going to like think about that every time like you start explaining way too much about something I was like what is she hiding what is she actually about to do
0: you just outed yourself there yeah I just told on myself what kinda of, I don't really do sketchy stuff though.
1: No, it's just probably embarrassing. Yeah. Which makes it more uh entertaining yeah. for me.
0: Um, okay. So they announce that they need to to use the bathroom and so they start heading towards the back of the bus. Annabeth tells Percy to take her hat and get out of there since he's the one that, that they're gonna be looking for, so he does. Um the fr- the Furies start hissing at Annabeth and Grover, they're like, Where is it? And Annabeth says he's not here and Percy um decides to grab the wheel of the bus and yank it to create a distraction. He also pulls the emergency brake. Um, and so the bus stops. Percy looks out the open door, but decides he's not going to leave his friends. So he takes off the cap. Mrs. Dodds tells him, you've offended the, the gods. You have to die. They fight. Percy tells them to eat his pants in Latin. Um, lots of good stuff here. Thunder shakes the bus and Annabeth's like, we got to get out of here. And they do just in time for the bus to get hit by a bolt of lightning. They run into the woods, get away, and that's the chapter. So really, I ruin a perfectly good bus is not an accurate description because Zeus ruins a perfectly good bus with a lightning bolt. Yeah, it's his fault. Excellent. Thoughts on anything we didn't already discuss?
1: No, I got my Oppenheimer reference in there. That's really all I wanted to do. I was like, I...
0: Thank God. Thank God yeah. for that one.
1: I was like, that's like, that was my entire personality for about three months.
0: Three months um, up until now? And also including now. Well, it's it's
1: it's less my personality now. But like since it came out, actually beginning of July when I started reading the book, and then up until like they took it out of theaters, I was like, I was going to see it like at least three, four, five times a
0: week. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Sometimes twice a day. There are multiple <laughs> times I went to
0: I saw Oppenheimer twice in one day. Um. Okay. Chapter eleven. This is this is the one that I wrote a lot for um so chapter 11 we visit the garden gnome emporium and before we get into the chapter i want to bring up your prediction buck garden gnomes yes um By the way. before i want to bring up your prediction from last time because you said um it had big oklahoma vibes and i really love the faith that you had in these children that like they would be in oklahoma within two chapters like <laughs> they're barely <Yeah>. in jersey <laughs> um so (laughs) percy starts the chapter off saying in a way it's nice to know that there are gods out there because then you have someone to blame when things suck so they're walking through the woods somewhere in new jersey and they're never gonna make it to la musical reference for you um they've lost everything the money their food their clothes uh grover laments his like perfectly good bag of tin cans annabeth blames percy for coming back saying that they would have been just fine and grover says yeah sliced like sandwich bread but fine And Annabeth tells Percy she guesses that it would suck for him if he died, but it would also really suck for her because the quest would be over and this is her one shot to see the world. Um, Once again, my queen with zero social skills, Annabeth Chase. Like, she just does not know how to act and I adore her. Annabeth starts telling Percy that something was kind of funny on the bus and she's interrupted by Grover playing his little reed pipes, trying to play a Find a Path song. Um, So she doesn't get to tell Percy what was funny about what happened on the bus. Um, and the song doesn't even work because Percy immediately slams into a tree. They see a neon sign ahead and smell greasy food. And Percy says he really needs a double cheeseburger because he's been eating camp food, which Percy literally says it is ultra lean cut barbecue. And when I read that, I hear dry as hell. Northern barbecue just does not hit. Again, the
1: Confederacy is jumping out at me right now through the screen. Every time you say... Every time. Every time. I'm like, stars and bars, Barbie. Get out of here. This
0: is the bad vibe. Um, The Civil War was actually fought for states' rights, and it was uh, states' rights to have good barbecue! What are you, Nikki Haley now? Get out of here. And then, you know, also the issue of slavery, but that's fine. Oh, that was Um, secondary to the barbecue, though, right? (laughs) Uh. Yeah, not, not at all, actually. I'm gonna make it clear that that was a joke. Um, okay, so turns out that this place isn't a fast food restaurant um it is a roadside curio shop with a red neon sign that Percy and Annabeth both cannot read because they are both dyslexic as are all demigods my name's
1: Jared i'm 19 and i never fucking learned how to read so
0: grover can however read the sign and tells them that it says auntie m's garden gnome emporium and as advertised there are two gnomes at the entrance and every time or like last time when you said you were scared of gnomes i was like are there even gnomes there because i couldn't remember any but like here are the titular gnomes um grover thinks the place is weird but percy and annabeth are just focused on the food in the front lot there are a bunch of statues of animals children and even a satyr that grover says looks a lot like his uncle ferdinand um he says it smells like monsters but annabeth says all she smells is burgers Grover says he's a vegetarian and then Percy tries to do this like gotcha thing by saying oh you eat cheese enchiladas in 10 cans as if both those things like wouldn't be vegetarian uh, 10 cans are not vegetarian it's not food <laughs> but they're I don't
1: care it's not food that's like saying my my hand lotion is vegetarian well if it doesn't contain, contain... animal breath. that's not no it's not food
0: vegetarian means food okay are you still vegetarian? Yes, I'm still. What? When would I have started- Why would I well, start to eat meat? I don't know. I mean, it's it's been a minute since we've lived together, and I'm like, I haven't seen you eat in a long time, so I don't know. You could have decided to change things. No. No. Um. Okay, so, the door opens, and they're greeted by a woman who Percy- says he assumes is Middle Eastern because her whole body is covered, including her face, and this is kind of kind
1: of racist here. But again, post nine eleven, yeah, I'm post like this 9/11. is
0: right post nine eleven, and also this this is one of the things that you kind of kind of have to go two thousand five and move on because they did like update this in the show. So I'm choosing to believe that we are learning from this not mm-hmm. so great choice. Um, so. She asks where their parents are, and Percy says they're orphans who got separated from their circus (laughs) caravan. Um, He is just like me, over-explaining. Rule number seven, always be specific when you lie. I mean, true. But it's also, like, not it doesn't feel like a good lie to me. And Annabeth tells him his head is full of kelp. Um, I'm with her on that one. Um, There are more statues inside, and Percy notes that they're all life-size. You would need a pretty big yard to fit one of them. And then he goes back to thinking about food. He says he barely notices Grover's whimpers or the way the statue's eyes seem to follow him, or the way that Auntie M locked the door behind them. Um, and the last one, i don't I don't really think locking the door is a red flag. Like anytime anybody comes over, I'm locking the door. Like that's just feels like a thing that like a woman who lives alone would do. Like you would lock the door,
1: but this isn't our house. It's like a public place, you know. It's like a store or something like a business
0: okay so maybe maybe i'm just an idiot well there's that (laughs) and maybe i'm thinking the show has really i'm gonna stop bringing up the show until you've watched it i promise at some point but like in the show they like go into her house so maybe that was
1: Ah, coloring you're
0: thinking about the show i was like it, it doesn't feel weird that she would like lock the door it's her house um but i i guess it's it's not her house So they eat, and some suspicious things happen, like Auntie M calling Annabeth by her first name, despite them never introducing themselves, and Grover asking, what's that hissing noise, and her brushing it off as the deep fryer. Yeah, you can immediately tell who she is. Right, okay. As soon as as they
1: describe, like, the one girl who got frozen, like, she looked terrified, immediately you knew that she had turned that little girl or whatever into stone, and then, oh, what's that hissing noise? Like, it's so obvious so obvious which I get it's like a children's book so I'm not patting myself on the back but I'm also like can you give me a little bit of an air of mystery or something
0: and see I wish I remembered my first time reading this because I don't know if I picked up on it like I can't remember mm-hmm. if I picked up on it but I don't know that I would have because I don't know if I knew who Medusa was but yeah I was gonna ask I was like okay come on like you have to be picking up on this like very clear yeah yeah very Very clear um they're holding your hand
1: walking you over to the point
0: (laughs) yeah they they really are and this also makes me think like Annabeth is supposed to be the smart one and like I know she's really hungry and it it's kind of implied that they're like under sort of a little (laughs) trance kind of thing but it's like Sure, like, they should have, they should have picked up on the clues, like, I can understand Percy being kind of clueless, like, he's new at this, but, like, Annabeth and Grover have been in this for so long, and the fact that they don't pick up on this is, like, ah! Yeah. Um, it's fine. (laughs) So, Percy notes that most of the statues look terrified, and Auntie M tells him that the face is the hardest part to get right. And she says she used to have two sisters who helped with the business, but they passed on. She also says a long time ago she had a boyfriend and a terrible woman wanted to break them up. So she caused a terrible accident. And this is when Annabeth, like, finally starts to piece things together. Because um, she's like, we need to go. And um, Auntie M asks them if they would pose for a picture. And Annabeth says no. But Percy's like, what's the harm? The harm is getting turned to stone, Perseus. Get out of there. Um, they go outside, Percy's still kind of under her spell, so Annabeth has, to, like, push him off the bench to get him to look away, as Medusa, like, reveals herself, and Grover realizes that the statue is his Uncle Ferdinand, which, R.I.P. to Uncle Ferdinand. Um, uh, Medusa tries really hard to convince Percy to look at her, and she tells him not to be a pawn of the gods, and, like, things would be so much easier if he was a statue, and she said Annabeth's mother did this to her, so she must destroy her, but Percy could have much less pain as a statue. And Grover uses his flying shoes, try to whack Medusa with a branch, and Annabeth tells Percy he has to cut um, her head off because he has the better weapon to do it, and also because, like, Medusa isn't going to let her get close enough to do it. And so she gives him this, like, green glass sphere thing to look at her reflection in, and Percy approaches and eventually cuts off her head. Um, The head doesn't turn to dust, though, kind of same as the Minotaur horn, because it is now a spoil of war, and it can still turn people to stone, which is cool, but also... badass freaky um they go back inside and percy says oh we have athena to thank for this and annabeth says no this is your dad's fault and calls back to the story she told last chapter about poseidon and a girlfriend in athena's temple and how athena turned her into a monster for it and they bicker again because that's what the two of them do until grover says he's getting a migraine from all they're arguing um so medusa thoughts from you before i Go off because I have many.
1: I don't have any thoughts. I just love Medusa. I think she's
0: agree an icon. Agree. We support women's wrongs on this podcast. I just thought
1: it was yes, absolutely. It was just so obvious (laughs) who
0: it was, and also okay. Dare dare I say another queer coded villain because turning men to stone, gay as hell. hell. (laughs) Love it. Um. Yeah, so so Medusa is always kind of one of the myths that I point to. is like a, If anyone asks, like, why do you like Greek mythology? It's always one that I'm kind of like, oh, because it's, you know, one that just kind of everyone knows. Um, but also because it's one that, like, I can pinpoint as, like, being told so many different ways and kind of the way that it has evolved and changed, like, based on who is telling it and, like, why – because um, I I always go feral for a retelling of anything. Um, like, I just love when you tell a story differently or, like, from a different perspective mm-hmm. or modernize it or whatever. And I think that's, like, why I love Town so much. That's why when I was in middle school, like, Wicked blew my mind so much. Um, and clearly all my examples are just musicals. But, like, I also think that might be why um, I like I like I loved these books when I read them as a kid like in middle school but they didn't enter like obsession territory for me until high school when I like started mm-hmm. learning the myths um because then I was able to look at it as like a retelling of these myths like um like the the cool the cool thing about this scene to me in this book is that they really are going like play by play through the myth of like Perseus slaying Medusa so in Like, that myth, well, sort of. In that myth, um, Perseus uses a sword, a, like, reflective shield, and Hades' helm of darkness, which is, like, a hat that can make him invisible, and then Hermes' winged sandals to, like, sneak up on Medusa and kill her. And then, like, in the book, they use, like, Annabeth's hat that can make her invisible, and Hermes', like, winged sneakers, as well as a sword and, like, a glass ball to like look through and so I just I think I think it's cool the way that we're like retelling these myths with like these new mm-hmm. characters and like the same result happens um, it's very it's it's very Hades town to me the way that they're like oh you know we're gonna tell this story again thinking that like it's gonna have a different outcome but like it never does uh, just I don't know I don't know I think it's I think it's cool. Um, that's what I have on that. But I, I also have some stuff on the myth of Medusa because I also think that's really interesting because kind of originally she was just kind of told to be like born one of the Gorgons. Like she talks about having two sisters um, and like in the original version of the myth, like they were just kind of born that way. Like they were just kind of monsters. And then... Um, there was this, like, Roman poet who retold it with, like, this version of she was with Poseidon and um, then got turned into a monster by Athena as punishment. Um, which, you know, one of many times that mortals get punished for the wrongdoings of gods. Because, like, that just, that that's, that's a theme that drives me crazy in mythology in general, and in these books, like, I'm like, we are punishing the wrong people here. Um, but that's, that's a separate tangent. Um, and then, you know, I also like kind of the feminist, like, modern retelling where Medusa's kind of become this, like, symbol of female rage, and, um, people kind of tell the story as, like, this relationship with Poseidon may not have been as Consensual, as originally said, and so Athena like turned her into um this monster so that she could protect herself oh, wow. from like, men who wanted to take advantage of her. And I just, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's cool that like you can take this same story and change things about it to kind of change the story and like still have the same outcome, but like look at it from different lenses and just ah, oh, so cool. Um. Then you, you can also dig into this the Freud of it all um, because Freud had this- Oh God, not Freud. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. Freud had this like essay that was published, I think after his death. And it was like all about how the myth of Medusa is like a reflection of a man's fear of castration and how um, like the fear that a man gets looking at- medusa is actually just like a metaphor for the like way that a man feels like seeing a an adult woman's like genitals for the first time and like the snakes are like pubic hair and um the like turning to i really
1: think freud was just gay
0: (laughs) yeah but the like turning to stone is like essentially getting an erection and then but then there's like a whole thing that's like the first um like woman's genitals like a man would probably see or like that of his mother and i'm like What? What? (laughs) Like, it's and I don't, I don't like to think too hard about Freud because then I just start getting a headache because I'm like, you know, I was like, kind of with you, I guess, until then you started like talking about how it's like his mom, but also then you're talking about the like. That's all Freud. That's literally all Freud. (laughs) No, I know. I know that's all Freud, but I'm just like, (laughs) dude, can we not? Can we not? Um but I don't know. That that yeah. So that's that's what we got on that. Um yeah. Anything anything else about No,
1: no, I think we should end it with the Freud talk. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. The the Freud thing is just Ugh. Disgusting. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna talk about that. Um great. So On that note, Percy's just kind of pissed about this whole encounter, and he's mad at Annabeth and, like, mad at the situation, and he thinks how he doesn't want to be a pawn of the gods. So he gets a box, packages up the head, addresses it to Mount Olympus with best wishes, Percy Jackson. Icon behavior. Icon shit. Um, And uh, Grover says that the gods are going to think he's impertinent, and Percy says, I am impertinent. And I did not look up what impertinent meant until I was, like, in my 20s. So... (laughs) it means like rude by the way not showing proper respect (laughs) um did you write that in your notes no because i I looked it up now i know what it means now okay but like this is this is another thing that's interesting to me because like in the myth of perseus perseus does i mean he uses the head as like a weapon for a little while um But then eventually, like, he does give it as tribute to Athena, and then she turns it into this, like, shield that she uses in battle. Um, But it's very interesting that they kind of do the same thing. Like, Percy gives the head to the gods, and then Percy um, gives the head to the gods. But it's, like, one would be seen as disrespectful, just, I guess, because of, like, intentions behind sending it, um, versus, like... Mm -hmm. the original perseus it was more like in tribute i don't know just just interesting um yeah so that's all i have on that chapter you got anything uh no that was it
1: that was just the medusa thing very predictable rick you are not a good writer that's what i have to say that
0: (sighs) Don't say that. I
1: mean, it's written for children, so I'll, I'll give him a bit of a break. But I'm like, come right, on, are you writing
0: to idiot children? No. Like give me that <laughs> Okay, see, I think that Rick has some some definite like strengths as a writer. Um, one of the things that he's not so great about is like plot holes and remembering subtlety. Details. He's not very um, good at that. <laughs> and subtlety, probably. Um <laughs> But then there, there are some things that he's, like, really good at. We all have our strengths um, and weaknesses, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, chapter 12, we get advice from a poodle. So, they're camped out in the woods, and Percy says that they're in this clearing that was, like, being used by local kids for parties because there's fast food wrappers and soda cans. And I am so sure. I'm so sure that they are, in fact, soda cans and not anything else in this children's book. Um, they're sleeping in shifts to keep an eye out for monsters. Annabeth, Annabeth goes to sleep immediately. Percy and Grover get to have a little private conversation, and Grover talks about how the pollution makes him sad and how humans are killing the planet, and at this rate, he'll never find Pan, which is what he wants a searcher's license for. And Grover says that Pan, the god of wild places, disappeared 2,000 years ago, and humans have been pillaging his kingdom ever since, but satyrs refuse to believe... Um, that he's gone so every generation the bravest satyrs pledge their lives to searching for him and grover says he plans to be the first searcher to come back alive um percy kind of wonders how grover could pursue something that feels so hopeless and then he thinks about his own quest and wonders if this is any different they get on the topic of annabeth having a plan and grover tells percy not to be so hard on her because she forgave him for dot 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 and percy puts together that his first failed assignment was five years ago around the time when annabeth first got to camp inch resting grover says he can't talk about this but he and annabeth agreed that something strange is going on and something isn't what it seems he says that the furies seem like they were holding back and weren't as aggressive as they could have been and both he and annabeth got the feeling they weren't looking for a person but some kind of object and percy finally admits to someone that he isn't on the quest because of the bolt but because he wants his mom back grover said no way what i know grover's like i know that But he also thinks that there's more to it. And deep down, Percy does care what his father thinks. Um, Percy denies this, says, Seder emotions must be different because I don't care. So, Grover just tells him to go to sleep. And... Percy has yet another dream. He's standing in front of a pit and feels like something is pulling him towards it. He also has a feeling there's something down there trying to get out. A voice he describes as ancient tells him he's been misled and to barter with him, and he'll give him what he wants. An image of his mom appears, and the voice says, Bring me the bolt. Help me strike a blow against the gods. And Percy realizes that what's in the pit is pulling on him, not to pull him in, but to pull himself out. Any thoughts on what this dream means?
1: uh i think i mentioned it in a little bit in my predictions toward the end so okay. i don't want to say
0: it now okay great we'll come we'll come back to the dream uh so he wakes up to annabeth shaking him and underrated joke in my opinion she tells him that he he was asleep long enough for her to cook breakfast and then she just tosses him a bag of chips comedic genius i love her <laughs> Um, Grover is holding a pink poodle, and he is talking to it, which is how we learn that Grover talks to animals, and he says the poodle is their ticket west, and introduces it to Percy. Percy's like, I will not say hi to the poodle, and Annabeth is like, dude, I said hi to the poodle, say hi to the poodle, so Percy says hi to the poodle, and there's a reward for this poodle, $200, which the dog knows because he read the signs. That's
1: not very much for a lost dog, for like a hoity-toity
0: little pink poodle. I know, especially couple grand. Yeah, like a pink poodle you would think it'd be worth more than $200. What is this like
1: a Tony Soprano dog? Is that what it is?
0: So they they return Tony Soprano's dog. Um and they <laughs> use the money to get tickets on the Westbound Amtrak train at noon. So here's your Amtrak um which you were hoping for. Woo! But again, $200 is not that much money and I looked it up and right now it's like New York to LA was was like a thousand dollars on the Amtrak for like one person. So Well it's like a three day ride almost, right? Yeah. So I'm like they could not have
1: like I, I just I don't care how rock bottom the prices were after nine eleven. It
0: was not <laughs> Yeah, it not couldn't cheap. have been couldn't have been that cheap. Um but you know, it's a children's book we'll allow it. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it. The dog chapter is very quick. It's really just silly, goofy. Um, we're talking to a pink poodle. So, any, okay, so let's, let's go back to the prophecy. Do you have any updated predictions on the prophecy? I know you didn't really care about the first two lines. Okay, great.
1: Yeah, I don't, I still don't care about the first two lines. Um, because honestly, I don't remember them. Um, but I have now decided that Grover is going to be the one to betray Percy, and it's going to have something to do with him wanting to become a searcher and trying to find Pan or Pawn. I think I think that would really hurt. But I think that's the only reason that Grover would maybe betray him. Interesting. I don't think him and Annabeth are that good of friends yet. It's for her to betray him.
0: That is that is that is accurate. They really just fight. Um. Yeah cool so you said you had a dream prediction well not a prediction well or just like thoughts on the dream um
1: well it has to do with um guessing the chapter titles for next week oh yes yeah, so I, I do ha- I have one more point before this okay okay is I do think there's going to be some Amtrak slander coming up which I will not stand for I will have thoughts um I think something bad is going to happen on the 66-hour train ride that it is from New York to Los Angeles. And um, despite the fact that rail travel is superior to any other form of travel, and I will stand by that.
0: Oh, I agree. But also, you know, there's lots of opportunity for things to go wrong.
1: I think think it'll be an interesting trip, but... No Amtrak slander allowed on this podcast. We love Amtrak. Unless they Even if
0: even if one of them dies, it's not Amtrak's no, fault. No, absolutely
1: not. No, I don't care if an Amtrak conductor kills one of them, it's not Amtrak's fault.
0: This is a pro Amtrak podcast. Yes. Um okay,
1: the only thing I agree with Joe Biden on. <laughs> Go Amtrak.
0: Um cool. So is there is there anything you're wanting to see in the future like in coming chapters? Not quite predictions, but like just some things you think you would enjoy.
1: I really want to see Annabeth kick Percy's ass at something. I would love to see that. I don't know what, but like I want I want some more girl power in this. I don't care about Percy as much.
0: Gotta be honest. Yeah. Love, love Annabeth. Um, okay, so chapter title predictions chapter 13 is called i plunged my death yes
1: yeah, so i'm thinking maybe either an early entry into the underworld but this is where it gets into his dream that maybe it's somehow related to his dream with all those freaky little souls i i'm trying to remember why that image is so familiar with like the great talks about like the great i assume they're souls but i think it reminds i don't know if i'm thinking of like the hercules movie Oh, maybe where that's how they depict the underworld or something like that. I haven't, admittedly, I haven't seen the Hercules movie, the Hercules Disney movie, and I don't even know how long. But that's the kind of vibes. That's also what I'm thinking of when I imagine this: is the Hades from the Hercules movie? Because I he love it. He's got blue hair. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think if we're gonna do an early entry, that was maybe what that dream was. He's gonna, I don't know, I'd like to see him, I think he's gonna fall into the underworld
0: or something. You're like, just plunge him, in, him into the underworld right away. Whoops! He like, <laughs> falls through a pothole or something. Um. Okay. Number, chapter 14 is I Become a Known Fugitive. Yes.
1: So, this either refers to the fallout
0: from sending Medusa's
1: head to the... Mount Olympus, so all of the gods, not just Zeus, are pissed at him because of like, what? Really, dude? Really, that's kind of rude. Or he does something on the train and he gets, he becomes a fugitive with the Amtrak Police Department, which is a real federal police department, by the way. Is they it have real? Yes, they have real federal legal authority. The Amtrak Police Department. So I'd like to see him get in trouble with the Amtrak
0: cops. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Okay, and then um, 15, a God buys us cheeseburgers. Yes. Um, First of all, what about
1: Grover the vegetarian? Like, what is he going to eat? First of all, that was my first thought. A veggie burger. They're not as good. And I can guarantee you the veggie burgers in 2005 were not as good as the veggie burgers now. And veggie burgers now are not good. Like, you need, like, the fake meat stuff. Um... I think it's going to be Dionysus, because I think he has a secret soft spot. I'd like him to buy them cheeseburgers.
0: I want him to show up again. Interesting. That's what I got. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, we're more than halfway through, but still got a a lot of book left to go. Next week is chapters 13 through 15. Very
1: excited to
0: which are all all excellent chapters get,
1: get more into it I guess because we're over halfway through
0: right is that right yeah well this this is our fourth episode we've got four more to go let's do it for this book let's do it yeah and I think all all the ones we have left are banger chapters I'm counting on it I know because we, we still got to convince you to keep going <laughs> it's gonna be a hard sell I got say <laughs> I know I know it's gonna be a hard sell
1: Week. Until next
0: week hello hello mal here if you made it this far thanks for listening if you for some reason want more of our nonsense you can follow us on instagram or the social media formerly known as twitter at at demigoddebutpod or you can email us at demigoddebut@gmail.com. and by us i do mean me Julie is on social media lockdown until she reads the books. We'll see you next time. Bye.